The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Sometimes the best shows are when we wing it anyway. Oh, Phoenix! <laughs> hey, yo. Why should you visit TheChairShot.com? TheChairShot.com is your home for hard-hitting reviews, news, opinion, and analysis with attitude. Why? Because you're smarter than the average fan. TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. It's tactical now. The straight punk bitch. I mean, you're just going to replace me. Shut up. Miranda Morales, the biggest slut in the Western Hemisphere. Why do I have to have a buzzer? You are now and will forever be an asshole. Because it's my show. You guys know how to party. You're welcome. As Patrick O'Dowd said, the best shows are when we wing it. And guess what, people? We're winging it today. It's the Greg DeMarco hell Show. Yeah. My name is Greg, Greg DeMarco. The hell yeah that you heard is, of course, the voice of the wrestling realist, Patrick O'Dowd. Go follow him at Wrestling Realist. It's W-R-E-S-T-L-N-G-R-E-A-L-I-S-T on all of your social media. That includes Facebook. That includes Twitter slash X slash Twixter, slash whatever you want to call it. That includes Instagram and threads. I, I don't, I don't, which it's I believe just, is still it's alive. Where, it's where I'm going when Elon finally starts charging people. When, when that when that happens, I just got to move because I'm not paying for social media. They got to get their functionality going. They they don't have DMs They don't because they want you to still use Instagram. And so right. it's you know things like our chair shot. DM group and stuff like that. Like that's maybe we just take it to a text message. I don't know. We'll, figure uh, we'll, it out. we'll discover. Well, what do we get on Slack or something? I have Slack on my phone thanks to my job, so I, I could I could. I mean, Slack is your productivity to. platform. It's mine. I, I've used that, and I've used Teams, and now that I've used both multiple times, I am I am I prefer Slack. I'm, I'm going to be honest. I prefer the Slack Zoom combo than the Teams slash Teams combo. So just me. Just I me. just know at my current workplace, we change our minds every, you know, couple months. Just that's when the next great, quote unquote, great program is is going to come into play. And it's it's great for a little bit. And I don't know. I work with a bunch of people who don't like change. 
which is always fun because then all they do right. is bitch about how you think like UMass has gone full teams though. Like I got teams phones. Like they got rid of our regular uh-huh. phones and gave us phones that work with teams. So that is our life. Like, that happened. That happened where I worked previously. They went from Ring Central as the phone service yep. and and using Teams for chat and Zoom for video. And then they eventually went to Teams for video and then they eventually went to Teams for phone and voicemail and everything as well. So all Teams all the time. The place I worked before right. that, when I got there, they were switching from a thing called Hip Chat. Hip something no idea. to Slack no idea. and and from something else to Zoom. I think it was from Skype to Zoom. Um and and so yeah, it's just all sorts of all sorts of, of craziness. But I'm I'm Slack and Zoom now and I'm very happy. So I'm very Yeah, happy. I'm glad I'm glad you're happy. I have very few problems with Oh yeah, I didn't have problems with, with teams. With teams. I, I teams and teams was fine for me. I just, you know, in a perfect world, again, first world problems, um, I, I get right. to pick the one that I like the best. And so that's the one. I, I also work for at, for a company that has 40 people. And so mm-hmm. our Slack chats will sometimes be littered with, with fucking shit and ass and stuff like that. And there's no HR. Oh, if only. To worry about. It's, it's I don't a lot. I think just because it's, it's, I'm not used to that at work. Um, I'm used yeah. to that outside of work. But at work, it still seems weird. But I mean, this is, you know. The person who hired me for this company was the person who in my one of my second interview at my last company was dropping F bombs in the interview and I was just like, right. This is perfect. I want to work for this person. Can I can I can I be a old man yells at Cloud for a minute though? You absolutely can. The one thing that I cannot stand with the advent, you know, then the pandemic got us there faster, but this would have been the world we live in eventually, right? right. Like in the workplace. This is just where it would have gone. The the one workplace behavior that drives me crazy now with these programs, and I get mm-hmm. that part of it is on me to to update every little green dot box camera sign that shows people what I'm doing. The Zoom stalking or the, the team stalking where somebody, like, they'll call you because they see the green dot next to your name and assume that you're available. And what I have found really, really interesting is the just the way people will track other people using these programs and will message like will either message me or call me and say, well, I asked somebody who said they checked and saw that you were available on Zoom. And I'm like, maybe I wasn't. Maybe I just forgot to change a green dot. Because like when I go on my lunch break, I forget to change my status all the time right. on those things. But then people look you up and then they're like, well, where were you? And I was like, well, it was noon. So I was doing what I always right. do at around noon time. Like I, I ate. Sorry. Yeah. You should have been there. Sorry you, for being a human. Green dot said you were there. So like, No. You know, back in the day, back in my day, Greg, you just let the phone ring and it went to voicemail. Right. And then, and then we did this crazy thing back in that day. We checked the voicemail. Right. And then I called you back when I had time. And then we called you back. We took notes about what was in the voicemail and then we called the person back. Now it goes to voicemail. There's at best a 50-50 chance that that even gets listened to. 
and and there's a fit, there's a 50 50 chance a voicemail gets left yeah like when the when the call comes to the first place absolutely 100% it's 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 funny because i i've worked places before where it was because there were more phone based jobs the phone system was how you you, you stalked people and determine right. and it was the we're no longer in an office and and management's freaking out catastrophe right I work for a company that's not tied to phones. It, it's it's a tech company, and so it's very laid back and very like, um, you know. I was literally told during my onboarding, like, we'd rather not have to do very much on Fridays, kind of culture. So, nice. um, so it literally, like, there was a Friday where I had a meeting scheduled because there was no other time we could possibly do it. It was scheduled for like two thirty on Friday, and I had two different people, including my boss, hitting me up being like, "Can you move that to Monday?" And it was early on Friday. She was like, can we just, I, I don't, 2.30, I'm like done. Like, can we just move that meeting to Monday afternoon instead? Like, we'll be fine. So, yeah, like it's just, a, it's it's a very welcome culture that I'm in. It's very much like you got to go and take your kids somewhere. Okay, that's cool. We'll, right. we'll just move this meeting. Like it's, and it, and it used to be like, oh, you got to do this. Oh, we'll just move the meeting for you. Like it used to be said sarcastically. Now it's said legitimately, no, we'll move the meeting, man. Your family comes first. Like it's just such a different mode and 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 very, very welcome. And the last company I worked for was like halfway there to that point. And then this one's yeah. definitely all the way there, turned around, came back, pushed it even further. Like they're just all the way in the in that far. So so you know what? Damn it, the millennials are good for something. That's what I'll say. Cause that's who started the company I worked for, was a bunch of millennials. Our CEO is not even 30. So at least he wasn't when I got hired. I don't think he's had a birthday. So yeah, I will take it. I will take it. But yeah, uh, the best shows are where we wing it. Patrick O'Dowd is is on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and threads. Uh, You can follow me, by the way, at Greg DeMarco 404 on all of those same social media platforms. I I literally open threads like once a week, maybe once every two weeks. And I'm like, yeah, not much has changed. I'll go back later. Yeah, I get a lot of... uh I get a lot of George Takei posts because uh, Sulu himself. Right. Because I follow, I follow him on other social medias and for his activism more than anything, though yeah. some of his some of his social media has gotten pretty redundant. And that's it happens. Fun. And that, that's the hard thing too yeah. is that right now a lot of people just post everything everywhere. And, right. And I'm good friends with a social media, uh, whatever they're called, somebody who like runs like social media for people. Um, cause yeah. I asked him to like, for some tips and everything for, for our IZW stuff. And he was telling me like, everybody just posts everything everywhere. And that kind of dilutes it a little bit. And you need to figure out what's best to use where, like, I'm really like, damn, we need to get a, We got to get on TikTok, but I haven't done that. So yeah, it's all craziness, man. It's all crazy. I said years ago, I was never going to get on Instagram. Like I, I was never going to get on Twitter and, and yeah. here we are. So here you yeah. are. Yeah. And, now, and I said never going to get on TikTok. I don't know if I will personally get on TikTok, but ICW was on TikTok. It has one video that's like two years old. So we're, we're going to we're gonna push that and try to fix that. So, But yeah, we're talking about professional wrestling, and that's what we do here at the ChairShot Radio Network and thechairshot.com. So always use your head. Thechairshot.com. Always use your head. Follow along at ChairShot Media. Follow the podcast. Like, subscribe, leave a five star review. We're on all the platforms iTunes, Spotify, iHeart, Google Play, so many more. So, like, subscribe, leave us a five star review. Tell a friend, all that good stuff. 
Patrick O'Dowd, last week we, we, we waxed poetically about the Tuesday night war that was taking place literally. Well, it had just ended when we started recording, but obviously we didn't know all that much. And we talked about you know what was going on, made some predictions. Of course, NXT loaded up the show with main roster talent, legends, but still managed to focus on the NXT stars, by the way. Um, and, and so I thought they were very effective in how they used the John Cena's and Undertaker's and Dominic Mysterio's of the world. Uh, I thought it was very, very well done. It's just weird saying those three, three, those three names together like that. You know, John Cena, the Undertaker, Dominic Mysterio. Oh, He's big time, man. Tom is big time. And plus Cody Rhodes, because, you know, we can't have a WWE broadcast without Cody Rhodes. Um, LOL, Cody appears. So... <laughs> that should be the new thing along with lol oh there was another one too oh lol gunther wins that that that's going to become a thing at some point i'm sure but it shouldn't be you know what's funny can we what okay since this is hey, we're winging it since we're winging it that won't be a thing because people want him to win it is interesting it, it, it's I'm so jaded especially, by especially this iteration yeah. of who he is. They want that to win. I'm so jaded so by the internet fan who always turns on somebody. It won't be an LOL until he beats somebody that they wanted him to lose to. Then it'll That's become fair. an LOL. And that person but hasn't they, but emerged. Who do they yet. want him to lose to? That person hasn't emerged. You just never know with the internet. You just right. look. They're booing the other day uh, on NXT. They were booing Roxanne Perez. They love yeah. Roxanne Perez like she's their own child. And and they were booing her when, you know, Indy Hartwell came out and she was cutting a promo with somebody else. And there was going to be a match to see who would challenge Becky Lynch. And then Roxanne Perez comes out and inserts herself into it. And they're booing the shit out of Roxanne Perez. And I'm like, you guys loved her like eight minutes ago. That's, that's interesting. I, I don't think – I actually think Gunther – the LOL Gunther wins thing won't happen and people really – Unless unless they do some sort of ill-conceived face turn, uh, they won't because nah. I believe Gunther is one of their guys, and that makes a difference. He, I would, he'd have to be feuding with another one of their guys, and it is tough because it's also the Intercontinental Championship, right? So if he was the world champion and he was defending against, say, Cody Rhodes and he beats Cody, they might turn on him for that. But him being the Intercontinental right. Champion... I don't think the fan base has handpicked somebody who they want to be intercontinental champion. Right. Yeah. Yeah. The, um, the only the greatest intercontinental champion of all time. Oh my God. He is. And even if he didn't have the, the, the length record, he still would be like, he is literally perfect for that title. Um, and, and I just, and, it, and I still can't get over how great his presentation has been. Yeah. From the get go. Like, Absolutely. regardless of how you felt like his work was in the ring, the the look and the character and the way that he was presented, huge, 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 huge deal. Looks amazing, a million bucks. So, and I, what I love about him is he doesn't. Nothing is fancy. No, literally, not at all. he finishes you off with a lariat, a splash, and or a power bomb. You know who could have been Gunther before Gunther if they would have done it right? Who is that? Oh shit. Now I'm going to lose his name. Rusev. Yes. If they had done he Rusev didn't want the way it. they did have done Gunther, whether he wanted it or not, right, yeah. he would be over like fucking Rover right now. 
Yeah. And they were on that trajectory. They just got too cute with it. I would love to see Rusev. Well, well, I would love to see Rusev booked by Triple H in in the Triple H WWE Um, because it just didn't work. And the landscape has changed and and the fan base has changed since Rusev was in WWE. Um, But I think what we've seen out of Miro shows that he just wanted to be a guy playing video games making jokes. Like, again, (laughs) they came up with the Lana Bobby Lashley storyline themselves, and they've admitted it. So that should tell you all that you need to know right there. Like, uh, you can watch AEW and realize talent shouldn't always come up with storylines. Hitting MJF with a roll of quarters that has his real last name on it being, you know, proof number one. Edge calling Ricky Starks a vanilla midget rock being proof number two. Like, a lot of really stupid things. Yeah, that, uh, that that promo might have just completely reversed course on how some people feel about Edge. Um, but you know, you and, know, and here every now and again, I appreciate you on the show, Greg, helping me reinforce my decisions not to watch AEW because that's some terrible stuff that you just laid out there. Wow, that's pretty bad. NXT. Uh, the other thing that I well, hang on. I want to go back to I, oh, I want to oh. go back to Gunther though, because because oh, okay. we talked about uh, the one thing I want to talk about with Gunther since we're there. We talked about his simplicity, right? Right. And Wade Barrett said it very very well when he beat Big Bronson Reed, which works for some reason. Um, on on Raw this past, which again was heel versus heel, but yet it still worked. Um, right. And I'll, uh, that that's another aspect of Gunther that I'll explain in a second that. I believe in wrestling that a lot of the old school and even the current school doesn't. But going back to the, to the, to the moveset thing, Wade Barrett said it best. He stacks moves is, is how right. he beats you. Like he hit Bronson Reed with a lariat followed by a splash, followed by a power bomb. Like instead of having one move that he hits that may or may not really look all that impressive, but it's a signature thing. So it works. He just hits you and hits you and hits you and hits you. And then finally you can't kick out anymore. So he's beaten people with all three of those things recently. He's probably beaten Chad Gable with each one of them in separate matches. Cause he's wrestled Chad Gable so many times and Gable right. still apparently going to be facing him against at some point. So, that's I love that about Gunther, and, and it's just it, it works so well. Like, you know, Bobby Roode for the longest time had the music, had the look, had everything. Didn't have a finisher, and every time they tried to pigeonhole him into a finisher, it didn't look right. It didn't work. Right. And, and Gunther's the same way. Like he just doesn't. I think he's beaten people with a chop before. Like it's just that <laughs> crazy right. of of how of how good he is. Like I think in NXT UK or NXT he beat somebody with a chop, but it was after all that other stuff. Like, that's the thing. So that's what works for Gunther. I'm interested to see, last week on Raw, and and this kind of couples into something that you really love. So not this past Monday's Raw, but the Monday before. Right before the main event, they had a vignette for Ludwig Kaiser, who I know you love. You love Ludwig Kaiser. But here's the reason why I bring it up. It was solely a vignette for Ludwig Kaiser. There was no mention of Giovanni Venture. There was no mention... Of Gunther, there was no mention of Imperium. It was literally just a Ludwig Kaiser vignette. And I know how much you love Ludwig Kaiser. I do. And I found that interesting because they never talked about it. The only thing that they did was it was right before Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn had their match with Cody Rhodes and Jey Uso. 
They end the vignette and they focus on Owens is sitting in the corner right behind Sami Zayn. And you literally see Kevin Owens ask Sami Zayn, what the hell was that? And, and Sami goes, I guess it's for Ludwig Kaiser. And, and they're both smiling and, and like happy and laughing. Because I'm sure people backstage love Ludwig Kaiser because of the way he performs and the way he does his character. His this character, week. It's awesome. This week they had one for Gunther. That mentioned Imperium, but never mentioned Kaiser or Vinci, but continually had the voice of Kaiser's talking about Gunther and the things that he says during the intros. And they're playing up this whole thing where like Giovanni Vinci, despite coming in clutch at certain points, they still act like he's the weak link. Um, right. Like he was the reason that Kaiser won this week in his match. But then Gunther was claiming that he was like, there's just all this. And and it'd be weird if they set up Giovanni Vinci for the babyface turn. I don't know what they'll do, but I'm interested to see if there's a Giovanni Vinci vignette next week or if they like start one and Kaiser or Gunther cut it off. It cuts it off. Yeah. Like I'm very interested to see what happens there. But so again, Gunther, I, I was not a fan of Gunther at first. Yeah. Like I just didn't see it. I, there's probably an episode of the show where you can go back and find me saying, yeah, I just don't see it. And and now I'm at full 180. Like love. He's one of right. my favorite you, you get it company. Now. I get you, it. You had – you seem to have had a better advised turn on a talent as opposed to myself who was like, I finally get it with Braun Strowman and a lot of good that did me. <laughs> I I am the same way because once you real it, well here's the thing about Braun Strowman too I feel like when he came back to the company after being released yep. I think he got it yeah in terms of he gets his role like he I think he so was for so long wanted to be the guy right and, and someone and probably sat just... down and told him and maybe while he was gone he pulled up some WWE Network and he realized bro Andre was never the guy and yeah. Andre's the closest comparison I can make to Braun. It's not a hundred percent accurate, but that's how I personally see yeah, him. Yeah, because Andre Andre's a level of special that's just sort of like yeah. you can't touch that. Like, but he was a specialty act, like you said. Right. Like, that's what Braun is, and, and modern day Andre would be teaming with a guy like Ricochet, would be doing those things, and he teamed with Haku and stuff like that. But it was, it, it just I think Braun came back, and, and I think sometimes when you're in WWE and you have all these visions and you see yourself in a certain way, it takes right. being released to appreciate it. And I think that's what happened to Braun. Um, and now, of course, he's mm-hmm. hurt. And when he comes back, I'm sure he'll appreciate it even more. But um, right. especially when you're in a company, you see how, like, how they use a Brock Lesnar who and, and you see other like it's just I'm sure there are people that look at that and think, well, I could do that. You know, I once had an indie right. wrestler. We have a guy in our in, in IZW who is legit, like two time Brazilian Jiu Jitsu world champion legit. And I talked about that to another indie wrestler who's not on our roster. And he was like, well, yeah, I'm, yeah, you know, because I guess this guy like fought in a cage once or twice or maybe a lot. I don't know. And I was just like, dude, like, no, He'll he kick would your ass. probably kill you. Like, he's also twice your size, but he would probably rip you limb from limb and then beat you with them. Like, that's just if you wanted to, because he's that same Brock Lesnar. Like, he could do whatever he wants if he wants to. Um, we review him internally as our Brock Lesnar. Like, that's just the way it works. Right. But it's that same mentality. If people see someone, they're like, well, but I could. And it's like, don't. I think, well, but if you ever catch yourself saying, well, but I could, just, just stop talking. At that right. point. It's nothing. And I've done that. I've He's done that so myself. Special. He's like, not so tough. 
a young Greg DeMarco in the wrestling business thought I could do everything everybody else was doing except wrestle. Now I realize, no, you're much better at that. You're much better at that. I can do this, but you're in, and I, and I've had to grow and mature in that way. And 15 years ago, I was not grown and matured and, and, and you have to learn that stuff. And I think some people right. never learn it. Some people learn it earlier and, and it pays, it pays dividends for them. So. Who the hell knows? Shawn Michaels, great, great case. Like he didn't really learn that until after being this highly praised world champion and coming back. So who the hell knows? But is there any other topic we can use to distract ourselves from talking about NXT and, and the Tuesday night war now that we're 22 minutes into the show? I don't know. That, so here's what we can do though. Before, war. before we, oh, before we distract ourselves, right? you can play commercial. Promotional consideration paid for by the following. Hey folks, PC Tony here. Thanks to our new partnership with Angry Lemonade, you can save 10% on physical products and digital commissions using the promo code CHAIRSHOT. Head to angrylemonade.net to check out their amazing catalog of products and services. Use the promo code CHAIRSHOT to save 10%. That's angrylemonade.net. All right, now you can go. Now I can go. I don't I want to talk about Tuesday and I want to stick with NXT when we talk about Tuesday, because our favorite, our favorite medium we've, we've talked about frequently already, the internet, boy, they don't know what it means to be buried versus given a rub. Because if you read the internet, Greg, what happened to Braun Breaker at the end of NXT? And see, okay. That's interesting. And, and and I've brought this phrase up before and, and I stole it from somebody else on, on the Twitter. I must have the most cra- carefully crafted timeline in the world. Because I, I didn't see you, that. All, all I've seen is people bitch about. Or maybe I'm just to the point now where I ignore that stuff so well. Because to me, I'm like, Breaker's the future. Well, well there's, two, there's two things. I will say this. You've got the people who complained about the undertaker being brought in just to bury quote bury Braun breaker uh because you know he's 50 whatever and has no business being you know a legend but okay uh, then there's the people who maybe they're pre-defending it okay. and posting it on twitter like i do see the tweets of people being like this was so huge this is the wwe's the future in this guy it, but it's always written in or it's consistently written in this like um how do i say it it's written in this way that they that they're 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 either pre-responding or responding right to people because they just know they just know what people are gonna say right um and i just i found it interesting that if if you walked away from nxt thinking that braun breaker was ruined you're nuts. Like, I can't believe people would nuts. even say that. I really just, and I see sometimes, and I see things that people post, and especially some of the AEW support groups that are out there and everything, and it just just befuddles me. But like, they put the guy in the ring with with John Cena and the Undertaker in separate segments on the same program. Right. Like, it doesn't get any bigger than that. Like, I don't I, like, care how many. I don't care how many moves you take. No. And he didn't take the AA. He slid out of it. Like it, right. it, it's just. And he was probably thrilled to take a fucking choke slam. Oh my god! He probably begged for it. Like I remember when when you know Stone Cold Steve Austin and Mick Foley and Shawn Michaels came out of WrestleMania 32 and beat up the New Day, 
And Xavier Woods was like, please, dear God, hit me with a stunner. Like he just, right. and, he was and so excited to get hit with a stunner. That was, you know, seven years ago. I think Xavier's doing okay. Like, I think right. he's all right. So I think he's made lots of millions of dollars and, and become didn't a household he, name in other areas. Didn't, didn't for that moment, well, was it like Woods, didn't Woods like break Steve a little bit or something on that? Probably. Like I, I swear that was when that they were dancing and giggles. stuff. So yeah, he was trying to get them, yeah. he's he trying to get him to do the New Day dance and that led to the stunner. And yeah. And, and Pat McAfee's talked about it too. Like, he was in the ring with Austin and didn't know he was going to get stunned. And Steve was like, I'm going to stunner you now. So yeah, it's just, and, and all of these people are perfectly fine. And Braun Breaker eating a choke slam at the end of NXT from the undertaker. It's, it's, you know, this is the guy who at one point was, was unkillable and, and, and didn't even sell offense. And now we're upset that he choke slammed somebody like, no, it, it's. I just glad we'd finally got a glimpse into what the Undertaker should be post retirement, and that's the motorcycle riding American badass Undertaker is who right. he should be now. Um, it's so funny too. The thing about the Undertaker, funny is not the right word, but it's something I thought about too. The dude can barely walk, right? But the moment it becomes wrestling, he it's was fine. moving smooth as can be, and then when it stopped being wrestling, yes, again he's hobbling again. Like it's just that ad- right. adrenaline never stops. It, it, it's yeah, exactly. always something that, oh, can, yeah, that can kick in because the moment the crowd starts going and he's in the thing with with Braun Breaker and, and whatnot, it all kicks in. And 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 I, one thing I did see in a moment like that was the people coming back out of the woodwork. And again, I'm sure the whole Lexus King conversation something to do with it. Complaining that his name's Braun Breaker. Like, come on. Oh yeah, we we talked about that last week. But it brought out more complaints later in the week, and I was just like, this is dumb. If you can't get over that name by now, again, we've established the name does not matter. So, walking out of that NXT show, you had a pretty clear idea. Not just Braun Breaker, but who the talents are that are are going somewhere. I tweeted that, too. I was like, look at who they focused on in this special episode. Win or lose. Like, I thought Roxanne Perez should have beat Asuka. I did. Right. Because Asuka's never lost in NXT. She she yeah. never lost a title. It got vacated when she left. And I thought that would have been a great feather in the cap of Roxanne Perez, and she ended up losing. But of all the women they could have put in the ring with Asuka, they it's chose Roxanne, Roxanne Perez. Perez. And, and it was Roxanne Perez. Even though he didn't wrestle, you had – you literally had Trick Williams – have John Cena take him by the shoulder and walk him off to have a private conversation with him. When Trick yep. Williams said to John, "What do you? What happened? When did you realize you were the guy?" And John was like, "I, I know what you're talking about. Let's go talk, like off camera, because of course Carmelo's the guy, but Trick thinks he's the guy and doesn't want to turn on his friend and, and all this other stuff." And he was given advice by somebody else at some point to turn on Carmelo Hayes, and said no, and. And so it's, I get it. Like I get everything that they're doing and I love Trick Williams. I think Trick Williams is a star in, in the making. Yeah. Uh, he just is like people just gravitate towards him. Like he's, he, I've said it before. He is going to get to the heights that they thought Velveteen Dream was going to get to. In my opinion, it's going to be Trick Williams because I just think he's a good dude okay. on top of everything else. Um, That's good. But yeah, they, Carmelo definitely, Hayes. Definitely don't want to be. No. Um, yeah, Velveteen. To his yeah. credit, it was being reported uh, like last week that that 
that Patrick Clark, who played Velveteen Dream, was in Orlando at the Performance Center, and he came out and said, I'm nowhere near WWE. I'm nowhere near right. Orlando, Florida. I'm out of the business. It's, it's don't put that on them. Don't put that on me. Like, I don't know why you're reporting this because it's just. Where did it? Well, I mean, it's the same people who like reported that CM Punk was in Orlando, which was true. Right. He was but, Universal, but, yeah. we, but we did. We, we didn't really. He wasn't really in Orlando. But Patrick Clark wasn't did. even in the state. Like, that's right. the. The crazy. I don't know where this stuff comes from. Like, who from. makes that up and where does that come from? Who knows? It, it could be somebody. Uh, and, and Bischoff and Bruce Pritchard are both very, very common on this. They that, that the Dave Meltzer of the world will take a fan report and run with it. And it could be a fan right. who saw somebody they thought was Patrick Clark and and said that. And, and that's. I mean, that's again, what I think we we once we once got people to believe that homicide was going to ECW. Exactly. Just because they misunderstood me saying CZW. Oh, um, right. and, and maybe I just didn't say it well. We were in a giant tent at the time when it happened. So, or a Indeed, big bubble. We were. So, who knows? Back in like 2005, 2006, Lord knows I don't even know how we had cell phones. Craig DeMarco creating internet rumors. That was a good one. That, that, that That's like top five of the internet rumors that we've created. Like that and Adam Cole saying he would never go to WWE and Dixie Carter saying Taylor Hendricks was fat. And yep. yeah. Hey, that, you things. know, I love how you're you're lumping me into a couple of the I ever said it. I never You were there. You guilty by association. I was, I was present while, you know mm-hmm. you were you there asked questions. There. So but no, you're right. Like Roxanne Perez, uh Tiffany Stratton had a backstage interaction, I think, with Becky Lynch. Or not Becky Lynch, yep. no, Becky wasn't there. I don't know who it was. Um but yeah, Carmelo Hayes, Trick Carmelo Williams, Hayes. Braun Breaker, Ilya Dragunov. Like you saw the people that there was some interaction with Tony D'Angelo and Stax, but like not to the same level as the others. Like you definitely saw, okay, these are the people that were pegged. And look, they had one breakout tournament match on that show. It was Lola Vice. Lola Vice needs time because she came from the world of MMA. Like she's got the character part down before she's got the in-ring part down. But like she sticks with it and she listens and it seems like she is. She's going to be a star as well. Oh, yep. it's, it's, she's, she's she definitely got fill. the abs for it and she can fill that void. I'm trying to figure out the most PC way to say it, but like she can fill the void left by like a Mandy Rose and, and people like that. Mm-hmm. Like she can fill that void and she can work. And Tiffany Stratton kind of does too. She just hasn't, she shows it, but she never talks about it. She basically right. wrestled the, 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 whatever the extreme rules match with Becky Lynch pretty much in lingerie. Like it's just. One, you know, wrestling, you know, appropriate lingerie. So they know what they're doing and they're doing it very, very well. But the NXT episode, it, it did show you. It showed you who the future is. And and it's weird because I made the tweet about that and I listed all those people probably the day after. And someone replied with Dominic Mysterio. And I'm like, it's so hard because Dom's already there. Right. But he's not and- there. He's still, he's still being supported by the Judgment Day. He's still it, – it's – He's still not the main character ever, right? So I understand why people would lump him in there because I think he's still – we haven't seen peak Dominic Mysterio yet in my opinion. No, but I I think he's well on his way to being a main man. Oh, yeah. That that has been happening since the turn, right? We are watching the beginning of a Hall of Fame career with Dominic Mysterio. I think so, which – As long as he stays healthy, stays out of trouble. Isn't it crazy – to think about where this started. 
Yeah, with Eddie was his poppy. Yeah. yeah. And 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 now he's got a mommy running around and there was a ladder match for his custody. Right. Because that's how you determine who was really your dad through a ladder match. Uh, Ray's been in some dumb matches. He was in a ladder match for custody of his kid at a match where he had to yep. lose an eyeball. <sighs> that's, you know, and that was a recent yep. one. Um, that's just, just, and now he's going to wrestle Logan Paul. So at, at crown jewel, but yeah, you really saw who the future was in, in, in that episode of NXT. And, and I liked it on the flip side. You had dynamite. I've we watched half dynamite. of it. I watched half of it. I, I just, it was just matches. Like it, it was just wrestling matches. Well, that's that's what AEW is, though. Like, and and I guess yeah. th- at this point, we we've got to just you you just got to embrace and accept that 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 is. You, I think you've said it really well. Tony Khan seems to be a pretty good matchmaker. He is not a good booker right. or storyteller. And maybe not even a great matchmaker. I mean, because there's so many other people there that are like, let's make these great matches. And it's funny to me because the the protestations of AEW folks mm-hmm. about good stories on AEW programming are baffling to me because when they tell me these kind of quote unquote great stories, they're 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 not particularly great. They're actually very tropey. Like Let's let's use Edge and Christian as the example, because Edge versus like that's not really that unique of a story. No, it's just the guys who was being told with, right? And so, and they feuded like, before. And I'm not saying that I'm not saying that they can't do a compelling story, like at all. But that's also not. Like, it's not special. Like, it's just not special. Like, what? Because Christian said, fuck you. And, like, ooh, he, he said, fuck you. So, like, we got to, bl- like, the, the, the overreaction to that, speaking of social media threat, you know, feeds, like, the, the standby AEW stands that are in my feed, you would have thought <laughs> that Austin stunned McMahon again. Like... And I'm not saying it wasn't right. I'm not saying it wasn't like good television, but shifted the landscape. Okay. Let me let me I'm gonna I'm gonna explain to you why they reacted the way they did. The reason why they did this was it's like, okay. Ninety-five percent of I don't even know the number. All right, ninety-nine. I just don't want to say a hundred percent of all kids do this because that's unfortunate for the ones who don't. Most kids take their first steps at some point in their lives, right? Most, yes. Yes, most. Like, I want to be respectful to those who don't. But majority of kids out there, 90-some percent of kids take the first step ever. We as parents treat it as if it's the greatest step ever taken. We we take our 9- to 12-month-old and treat it as if they're taking one small step for man, one giant leap for mankind. If you believe the moon landing was real, which I do because I'm not – that person, but okay. I was like, dude, we're at, you talk about going off. Schedule. <laughs> right. I'm not, I'm not that guy. And, and if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. I don't care. But, but because it's our kid, that's why we treat it that way. We love that kid for so many of these people. AEW is their kid. Now that might have something to do with because 95% of them are never going to have sex and never birth a child. But, 
All right, the percentage might it might be eighty percent. I don't know, but still, like they want AEW to succeed so bad that one like they'll take the things that aren't good and tout them as good. So then, when something happened that truly is great, even they're going to tout it as the greatest moment in the history of our sport, as a game changing land landscape shifting moment. And it was good. Don't get me wrong. Like, I loved it, personally. I thought it was really good. I, I, I loved the exchange. I thought it was great. Uh, and, and it fit in with Christian. Christian's doing the best work of his career right now at 50 years old. Like, it's just right. great what he's doing. Like, he opened that special episode of Dynamite. And, and it's just he's doing, he's doing great stuff. The problem is, six months from now, he'll probably just be a generic wrestler in AEW because that's what they do. But... I shouldn't even say that because it takes away from the work he's doing now. They want it to be so good, so bad that they will grasp one little kernel and promote it as the greatest thing ever that's ever happened. And that's why they're acting the way they are. It was a great moment. And, and hopefully they can follow it up with more great moments. They already kind of did with the stupid interaction between Adam Copeland and Ricky Starks on Collision, but it was a great moment. Well, and, and that's... The problem is because you made it this huge, you you made it in your brain, noble fan, this huge moment when it doesn't build or maintain. Eddie Murphy does a really great routine where he's talking about how if you, I'm going to use a different analogy, where if you give a starving person a, a saltine cracker. They're like, this is the best cracker I've ever had in my life. What is this? Is it Ritz? Uh, but then you keep giving the cracker. <laughs> what is it? Is it Ritz? <laughs> All of a sudden, he's like, wait a minute. You're just giving me shitty crackers. That's that's what I worry you've done to yourself here, is that you're so starved for a great story, something that truly will shift landscapes and, and like make a difference. And, and this, this is a good story and i don't want that to get lost that we are not saying this is a bad story you little aew bots who go after what isn't actually said but infer in your own meaning but there is a but that comes with this i don't feel like it's a particularly special story and maybe you disagree and that's fine but it's it's not it's special in the sense of oh my goodness, like this, we did we never really saw this in the WWE. We never did, and that's fine. Right, and they can swear, so ooh, it's it's edgier. But is it special? Um, I don't know, and, and the only reason why I say I don't know is because maybe we got to let it marinate. I don't know exactly. That's exactly right. You you said it better than I would have said it myself. Um, it's like the bloodline. Like like everybody forever was like, is this the greatest story ever? And I was just like, I can't call it that because I haven't seen how it ends. And that's why I couldn't say the NWO was the greatest story ever because it didn't end really at all. Just physically. At all. And, and now who knows? Like, uh, the bloodline, it, it's, it's not where it was. And, and it's not, you know, because we've got everybody on different brands and stuff going on with Jay and, and, and Jimmy on one. And now Jimmy shut up on Rod across Jay the time. Like, it's just so many things going on. Um, by the way, I, I I put this in our DM group, but I want to say it out loud now. I'm I'm sticking with Cody's beating Roman at WrestleMania 41. I'm not getting off of that. Like, even if I'm wrong, I, I got to stick with it at this point. I, it's, right. it's like I had to stick with Rollins cashing in a mania, and it, it came true in the end. 
but this is an even longer time frame that I have to weather for this one to come true. Say The Rock can't work WrestleMania or doesn't work WrestleMania or it just doesn't happen. I think we could see Roman versus Cody versus Jay at WrestleMania and okay. in, a, in, a, in a triple threat match. And that maybe sets up more issues with Cody and Jay down the road or whatever. And then that gives Cody even more fuel when we get to 41 and all of that. Like, I, and, and people don't think it can last that long. They spent an entire year with Roman not really defending against anybody outside the bloodline. Like, and he's about to with LA Knight at, at Crown Jewel, but they still got a, a slew of opponents that he can wrestle next year if, if he doesn't lose to Cody. So there's plenty of time, plenty of things that can be done. Um, but I do, I, I'm just putting it as my bold predictions, bold prediction time. If The Rock doesn't wrestle at WrestleMania 40 against Roman Reigns, I do think we could see a Jay Uso, Cody Rhodes, Roman Reigns triple threat match. I really, really do. Um, at which point everyone's going to be really mad when Cody doesn't win. But <laughs> because then the prediction will be, well, Cody's there. Jay's there to eat the pin so that Cody can become champion. And then at 41, right. you get Roman and Cody straight up again and where Cody beats Roman, but now he's defending and blah, blah, blah. Like I just, everybody's going to shoehorn everything to, to make it fit in their right. playlist. So, but that's got to, got to work your narrative, man. But I really try, I, I tried to watch the AEW broadcast and it just, it just, there's such, there's even a market difference between NXT and AEW. Like it's just. It's just, and it, to me, it's the level of thought that goes into it. And that's not a knock on the wrestlers. It's just a knock right. on everything else. And, and there was a comment that was made by about the promo I was talking about where Edge called Ricky Starks a, a vanilla midget version of The Rock. And Eric Bischoff talked about if their producers let them do this and that. And I'm like, they don't have producers from what I understand. Like, I know they talked about getting to that point. Maybe they are there now. But if they are, right. they're still not doing much with them. Um, no. I, and I, and I said something earlier that kind of, you know, caused me to rethink my position on, on edge. And I don't know if that's the, the best thing to say, but I feel like if the AEW run keeps going in that direction, it could sour people on edge because then you start to think, well, was this what the guy was really like? But WWE was just giving him scripts and blah, blah, blah. Ready, ready, man. Yeah. And, and it's so, so I feel like, I don't know, it, it kind of worries me, um, in, in that regard. So hopefully, that's not uh, that's not what happens. I what one of the things I I personally feel I see out of AEW. I don't know that it's just Edge. I think well, like, I don't think that's who. Or sorry, Adam Copeland. Um, let's do what's let's do what's right. Daniel Bryan Danielson. Like if we're if we're gonna do that, it's just hard. Adam Copeland, like Adam Edge Copeland. I guess that works. Edge Adam Copeland, right. but yeah, but. My, the, where I was going with this, though, is that, again, one of the things that I see in AEW that I don't see on other wrestling programs, because here's the thing, kids, I don't see this on Impact. I don't see this at New Japan is completely different. Like that's for for an American audience, for most of an American audience, that's just matches what, like whether you want to like their story there, but it's it's a different sort of story. It's pre- presented completely different. But like I've seen other American wrestling programs. Hell, I've even watched it on the NWA. AEW seems to encourage and want people to lean into 
what they perceive to be edgy and pushing the envelope with their promos and the way that they go after people. Like every time I've watched an episode, there there seems to be that you know whatever whatever that 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 edge esque sort of promo done by at least one or two dudes where the the it's it's like this weird like who can tell the best your mom joke on on their opponent except they just they find the most degrading degenerate thing to say and it doesn't feel in many cases it doesn't feel real as a story to me it feels like i'm saying the most extreme thing i can say to elicit reaction but is the reaction you're eliciting because what you're saying really has meaning or is it because you said an outrageous thing and people are like oh he said an outrageous thing oh my gosh what does it actually lead to and this is where we can now get into it doesn't lead to numbers like it doesn't lead to numbers. They the say the that day, they say that a car depreciates in value a lot when you drive it off the lot. A brand new car depreciates in value a lot when you drive it off the lot. I think right. there's a very rapid level of depreciation for the shock value of an ex WWE star talking about WWE somewhere else. Right. And I hope to God Dolph Ziggler doesn't do it when he goes to AEW inevitably. Right. And he probably will because he knows it'll get over and he just doesn't care. Like, he's like, I'll do it because I know it'll get over. I don't make my boss happy. Like, he, that, that's who he is. But I just, it, it just, it just wears off. And I don't feel like that's where Edge was trying to go. And, and maybe there he said those things and I haven't seen it yet. I don't know. But the whole, I'm not scripted. I'm not the grizzled young veterans who I loved as a tag team even when they were in the schism, because they were still working the same way. They just had this goofy character, goofy clothes, contact lens, all things they complained about. But before then, when they were in NXT and NXT UK as the Grizzled Young Veterans, they were amazing. I was hoping Shawn Michaels would keep them and, and be able to turn them back into the Grizzled Young Veterans. And as soon as they left WWE, the first thing they did was talk about how they were overproduced, scripted, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, and I know that'll get you over. So I get why they do it. And I know they were upset about it. And a lot of people are, but like, you're not telling me anything that's new. You're not telling us anything that we right. haven't heard before either. So it's like, I hate to be that guy, but I kind of want to look at these people and be like, get over it. You also made a lot of money. <laughs> it's, it's, yes, I, I, I feel like I've never seen so many ungrateful people to get a really big paycheck in my life. And I get it. The creative element is a big part of it. And, and sometimes the creative element is more important to people than the paycheck. I completely get that as, as a creative person myself in my own ways. I completely understand. Like sometimes when you're knee deep in creative, you don't even think about that. So I understand. But then when I sit back, when I step back and look at it from 30,000 feet, I'm like, they paid you a lot to do that. So, um, yes. Yeah. I, and I, I, I don't want to speak for wrestlers, so I'm not going to do that. I can get wanting to be creative. Not everybody's as creative as they think they are. Okay. And that's true. And, and I, I worry that nobody tells anybody that over on the other channel. Because they all kind of get caught up in that thing. Yeah. You were held back. Yeah. You were like, I, I, yeah, right. I can totally see it being that like, way. I, I, I can't say that with any certainty. 
I can't like this is purely a belief, folks. So like as I say this, I don't know like I know the least of what's going on with folks. But right. it just strikes me as that like I know people complain about writers and editors and folks, you know, in creative making changes. But at the end of the day, it's more successful. But then you get Edge calling Ricky Starks a vanilla midget version of The Rock. Right. And what what does that gain? What does that do? What is the story? Absolutely nothing. As as Eric Bischoff would say, what's the story there? What is the story? There's no story there. Exactly. Because they don't tell stories. We talk, and when they do tell stories, it's talent. We've talked about it a million well, times. I, I, I know we're coming close to the end of the show, but I, I got to I gotta hang on to this for a second. Go for it. Why was Ricky Starks and Edge mixed up together anyway? Like, educate me as a non-AEW guy. So were they put together because they're two hot names within the company and they just did it? Does Ricky Starks have a connection to Christian that I don't understand? Because, I, again, I don't watch the show where does this come from to where we have to then create beef between edge and Ricky Starks? Cause like I got Luchasaurus like being edges first match, like just right. kind of yeah. from what I understand the logic and the connecting of the dots. So where does Ricky Starks fit? That's the funny part. I have no idea. I didn't watch collision. First of all, I've only seen the video on social media. I don't know how we got to where we got to. Um, and, and I don't know because they're not involved in the storyline together. I don't know if it was because of the other tangential pieces like Darby Allen, like Christian Cage, like like all those. I don't know because Ricky Starks is, is one half of the tag champs now with Big Bill. He's basically squashed FTR because um, I guess one member of FTR is either injured and or facing prison time. Um, and, and, and who knows? So I don't know. But now I guess neither of those things is the case. And it was just done to put them over because that's what... The AEW stands would want you to believe. And Dave Meltzer. Damn it. I was trying not to talk about Dave Meltzer today. Um, but because I'm just tired of it, as you know. But I don't know. I don't know why they were together. I have no idea why they were together. And I bet a lot of the people who saw the segment and talk about it don't know. And and the people that I've listened to talk about the segment talked about the comments, but did not talk at all about the story. Because I don't know that there is one. I don't know. I could be completely wrong. If I'm wrong, someone please tell me why these two were together in the ring because they're in completely separate stories right now. But uh, I have yeah. no idea. Uh, it, it's it's collision. I mean, for all the things to hate about CM Punk, collision was their best show before he left. I will say that. I will say that with, with great certainty. Um, it had like one bad episode while he was there, and that was it. Other than that, it was pretty much their best show. So there is that. Um, but that's, that's that. I don't know. I don't know. I did say that I don't want to talk about Dave Meltzer. And I know before the show, we, we brought up the fact that maybe you had some thoughts on him. Do you want to talk about Dave Meltzer? I don't know that I would say that I have thoughts on him. Well, just that he doubled down. He doubles down so hard on trying to, he tries to shoehorn himself into being right, even when he's wrong. And it's fantastic. Absolutely. And for the, the thing that's been great, and has been particularly infuriating with Dave lately as he's been under a lot of fire and under a lot of heat. You talked about Bischoff and Pritchard. They have been on his ass uh, the last couple of weeks. But the he continues to, to push the notion that the WWE started this whole thing. 
between them and AEW, and 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 will oh, reject arguments with you clearly don't know what you're talking about or haven't been paying attention. Like he doesn't have to tell you because you should just already know. And the reason he doesn't, he, he can't tell you is because he's wrong. He doesn't want to admit he's wrong because he can't admit he's wrong. Cause he's so arrogant and it makes it hard to, it, it makes it hard to acknowledge when the guy is right because he does shit like this. Like that he just works so hard to double down on his perceived rightness in all things professional wrestling that he can't admit to being wrong, that he can't cop to to anything. And yeah, it's an old it's an old argument. It's a it's a very typical thing that we've talked about before. We don't have to go any further than that. But he loves that lie. He loves double down on that lie. You're not. You're not wrong. You're not wrong. I don't want to talk about it, and that's my own fault. I just. No, it's not your own fault. It's it's exhausting. I, I get said it, it last week when we talked about Booker T saying that Dave Meltzer should be banned from everything. Like the only way these people will ever go away is if we ignore them. And I know how hard that is. I get it, and it's probably never going to happen. I get it, but I just I think I'm burnt out on Dave Meltzer. I'll probably be fine in a couple of weeks. But for some reason, uh, I just I just burnt because it just never fucking goes away. It just never does. Like, right. Ever, 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 ever. We've been talking about it for a decade now. Like just, it was literally 2009 when I had my epiphany about Dave Meltzer. And it's now 14 years later um, when when the vice president of Ring of Honor told me that those guys are clueless and that they get used by them. Like, like it just that right there. I was just like, all right. And then I saw it because I remember because. They were reporting that WWE was preventing Ring of Honor from using buildings in Phoenix, and Ring of Honor was like, "No, they're not. Like, we just they're having a hard time finding one." So, by, by the way, speaking of our good friend um, Adam Copeland, his rated R rebuttal to Christian Cage is tomorrow night on Dynamite. Outstanding. All right, gentlemen, you have three minutes, and you better make it good. We got three minutes, and we're out of here. The clock is ticking, and we're in the clear. We got. So here's what I want to talk about on the three minute warning. That's, this is the one thing I had a plan for going into this show. And and the, the hardest thing about these shows is then I have to like put up the show post and I'm like, what the fuck did we talk about? And everything. I gotta, exactly. Everything, everywhere, all at once. Yes. And, and maybe that would get some hits because it, it, you could probably still search for it and it'll be trendy. But um, this past Friday on SmackDown. Triple H introduced a brand new general manager for SmackDown. He named Adam Pierce the general manager for Raw because up until that point, he had been WWE official Adam Pierce. And and while he had some authority, he never acted as a general manager. There, I, I don't think I need to explain it, but there is a difference between a general manager character and just a authority figure character, if that right. makes sense. Um, general managers have a little more personality to them, and, and they're a little more involved in the stories. And I think we'll see Adam Pierce go in that direction. We saw it a little bit with Roman Reigns back during the, the Thunderdome era. At one point he was announced for a match and we were really hoping it was going to happen. It didn't. Um, but Triple H named him the general manager of Raw and introduced a brand new general manager of SmackDown. That being Nick Aldis. And it was very like, like Nick Aldis entered from the other side of the ring. Didn't even get an entrance. Didn't even get music. Like nothing. So I felt bad about Nick Aldis for that because like he just kind of showed up. But despite that, dude did a great job. 
Now, there's two things I want to talk about with that, because number one, the first thing he had to announce was that Kevin Owens was, was traded to SmackDown because of Jey Uso going to Raw. If that announcement was made in a vacuum, that is a huge letdown because everyone assumed it was going to be Cody Rhodes. <laughs> right. So that we can get Cody and Roman back on the same brand. However, they had Dominic Mysterio, not a SmackDown superstar, and the Judgment Day were not tag team champions in that moment. They are again, but they weren't in that moment. Come out and and talk crap to Nick Aldis, which then had the crowd pop when Kevin Owens came out. Like that was brilliant. That was WWE knowing the fans will be let down if you don't say Cody Rhodes' name. So we're going to create a situation where they're excited to see Kevin Owens. And we did that with Dominic Mysterio. They call him Dirty Dom. He should really be called Money Dom because that's what he is. He, he is really money. Is. He dirty money, whatever you want to call him. He is money in everything that he does. And, and it's just so amazing. And, and, and I just, he's, he's become one of my favorites. He really, truly has. Um, we said him going to the judgment day was a good thing. I don't think we even knew how good of a thing it was going to be. Like, I'm willing to admit a lot of people will be like, Oh, I saw this coming. No, you didn't. I did not see this coming. I thought it would be good for Dom. I didn't know it would be this good for Dom. Right. But now we have the general manager of Raw and the general manager of SmackDown. Coincidentally, happened to be the last two guys who truly carried the banner for the National Wrestling Alliance. Yep. Like they really, really were. And now they are the general manager of Raw and general manager of SmackDown. And they're both very old school. Yes, they both are. And I'm going to be interested to see now, now Pierce... You know, he plays the role very well. And, and I think, and he and all this are the same, but different. And I think that will show. And, and I'm very excited. And I think maybe we'll get more of that adversarial relationship between Raw and SmackDown in a way that it can make sense. But I just think that, I don't know, I'm excited about it, but I love the fact that the two last big NWA guys are now your Raw and SmackDown general managers. I'm just happy for her. I'm happy to see Nick Aldis in the WWE. Like, I feel like he's he deserved it. It's a much deserved thing. And I, you know, and I, I'm glad you pontificated for as long as you did as to all the greatness that can come between the two general managers and and the story that could be there. because uh, they do have history. They do go way back. They do know each other. Yeah. But um for me, I was just like when the rumors were sort of circulating that this was going to be a thing, I was kind of glad for the guy. I, I liked him even when he was saddled with, you know, shitty gladiator gimmicks in, in TNA. Like he was, all, he was always a pro. He was married to Mickey James. Like I mean, yeah. Right. And, and bastard. I'm sure she's going to find her way back again. At some shocker. Point. Here's the crazy thing. Adam Pierce is 45 years old and he's yep. retired. All Nick Aldis is 36. Yeah, he, he's, he's younger little... than Roman Reigns. He's younger than L.A. Knight. He's yep. literally 36 years old. He started wrestling. at, at he, he debuted in 2004, which means he was like, I don't know, what, 12? No, he was 18 um, I mean, when he debuted. We, are we assuming that he won't get in the ring ever? That's the thing. Like, I don't know that this is... I have a feeling this is going to go down like like the, there's going to be some documentary on Nick Aldis at some point, and he's going to be like, 
They didn't have a spot for me as a wrestler at the time, but they had a spot for me as a general manager. And I figured it was my foot in the door. He had already been there as a producer and he probably still is just like Adam Pierce is still a producer as well. Right. But yeah, I agree with you. I think this is, I, I, I think this is going to be how he ends up being a wrestler. Yeah. Cause like he's two years or three years younger than Roman Reigns. He's younger than the Usos. He's got lots of mileage if he wants to do it. Yeah. Now he's, he's eaten lots of mileage already. Roman Reigns is, is, is 38. Um, right. So, so I get that. And so is Jay Uso. Obviously Jimmy is too then, but he's younger than them, but you don't view him as younger than them. Cause in business years, he's older than them. Um, but it's, it's just, yeah, like that's, that blows my mind as well. But I think you're right. I, I think what you, what you said is, is very, I wasn't even necessarily going that direction until I saw his age. But yeah, it, it's very possible that, that Nick Aldis could, could be that. So, uh, but I'm excited. I, I think, I think he's going to do a really, really good job in the role. And I think once we get to a point where a wrestler has a problem with him and it could lead to him getting in the ring, he's going to be over and introduced. Adam Pierce admitted it. Like he, he was introduced to a whole new group of fans. And when he really started to get over, he was literally putting on social media. I don't know if you know this, but he used to be a wrestler like that kind of stuff. Right. Um, and Nick Aldis is the same way. Kind of makes me hope they buy impact wrestling at some point. So they have the footage, um, right. but impact would give them the footage. Like they're, they're open about that kind of stuff. They've done it before. Mickey James in the Royal rumble when she was a knockout champion. So it's just, I just love it. Uh, I think it's great. Maybe it'll be a tunnel for Mickey James to come back or even Deanna Parazzo, who I think is one of the most underrated women in the world right now and has been for a while. There's just so much good that can come of it. I can't find any bad in this whatsoever. And I'm sure the only bad someone might be able to point out is, well, he's not wrestling. I, I can't right. think of any other bad. Can you like, like, is, is I missing no, something? No, no, I don't think so. I think this is a guy that, People have hoped to see in this arena, so I, I think they're happy. And sometimes a, a guy, a figurehead, can be pushed to a certain point, and the fans want to see them get involved. Like Teddy Long never could have gone off and fought somebody, right? Right. But yet he was like the greatest general manager in SmackDown history. All he ever did was make you go one on one with the Undertaker, or made a tag team match play. Like that's what he did. But it yeah, was that's over. his job. But it was over, and it worked. And he even did it again when he came back the last time. But it's for Nick Aldis, like is a, a heel could push him to the point where he, he wants to retaliate and he can, <laughs> he's legit enough to do it. Um, but he's also five years younger than LA Knight. Like, it's just crazy to think that, that, you know, and I wasn't even planning on going in the age direction when I brought this up, but then I looked it up and I was, cause I knew he was, he started the business at a young age, but I didn't realize just how young he was. Right. Um, good for him, but you're right. Like good for him. Good. I really hope it does become something and that he gets that opportunity and he gets out of this, what he wants to get out of it. You know, that, that's what, that, that's my version of have the day you have, which I don't know how I really feel about that saying, but, um, that's a whole nother conversation for a whole nother wing it show. But yeah, Nick Aldis, good on you. I'm I'm happy for you. Yeah. Hell of a wing it show, by the way. It it, it always is. Like you said, they always run long. They run long and, and they just, they're great, but it was a lot of fun. I have no idea what we talked about and I got to put a, a write up together and that'll be fun too. But we, we talked about edge and AEW and poor writing. And we talked about Gunther and we talked, we did we talk about Gunther. I forgot about Gunther. 
We and that was a great conversation. About Gunther. We, we talked about who NXT, who in NXT is going to be right. the big time talents. Like we got, you got this man, you got it. And then we talked about, and, and we dirty money, Don Mysterio. Break. That seems to be a thing now with the one commercial break. When we get back to doing the list, which we didn't do again this week, sorry. Um, uh, that, that will lend itself to the second commercial break again. I'll fit the, I fit the commercial in somewhere last week. I'll fit it in somewhere this week. This show actually had two commercial breaks. I'm sure of it, but yeah, it is what it is. That is the way it is. So awesome. Well, Patrick O'Dowd, follow him at wrestling realist, W R E S T L N G R E A L I S T. Follow me at Greg DeMarco 44 at chair shot media for the website. It's the chair shot.com. The chair Always use your head. Go listen to all the amazing programs that we have on this year radio network, like the bandwagon nerds and like so many others. DWI. We, we, we just got so much great content. You want to listen to it. You want to enjoy it. Cause it's a lot of fun. So please do so. And maybe we should just wing it from now on. It, 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 everything gets old, so we shouldn't just wing it from now on. And next week we should have a list of some kind, and I'm sure we will. But oh, until that, come up with a list. So, okay, all right. So, so it's on me. It's on me. I'm gonna come up it's with a list. You. Until next time, when we come up with a list. Thank you for listening. Always use your head. Less conversation, a little more action. Awesome! I came to... Okay. Acknowledge me! The Always use your head.